Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. In the 2016 election, Donald Trump promised to clean up the swamp known as Washington, D.C., From his extensive experience in real estate and construction, he had a firsthand experience with excessive and costly government regulations that delay progress in all ventures and cost businesses millions of dollars. Our president embarked on a massive effort to get rid of these worthless obstructions to economic growth. His success in doing so is one of the primary reasons that our nation's economy is growing faster than at any time in modern history. President Trump's deregulation actions have served to unmask the even greater depth of the swamp and its grip on the workings of government at all levels. It has allowed us, we the people, to begin to understand the task ahead of us if we want to change our country's course back toward true free market economy and restore individual freedom. The government bureaucracy has grown so large and so powerful that ordinary citizens lack the political power and legal financial resources to fight to protect or regain their constitutionally guaranteed rights and privileges. As a result, nameless, faceless bureaucrats make rules and regulations by which we must live And because they are not elected by anyone, they are untouchable by the voters. On the surface, these regulations purport to be necessary to make our lives better, safer, more efficient, and to protect us from any and all of life's catastrophes. These regulators are the busybodies of your neighborhood who try to tell everyone how to behave and what to do. Most of us would rather do all that for ourselves. The ugly truth is that the goal and agenda of the swamp and its overreaching bureaucracy is to eliminate the sovereignty of the individual and and incarcerate all of us, except the ruling class, of course, in the eternal hell of a democratic, socialist, collectivist tyranny of the arrogant elite, one of world, one world governance. As individuals, we have been sitting on the couch too long, and it is time to rise up and retake the birthright given to us by our founders. 
My guest on Freedom Forum Radio has not been sitting on the couch. Mr. Jim Chilton has spent most of his recent life out of necessity, I might add, as an activist for property rights, an activist against specious environmental regulations such as the Endangered Species Act and various clean water regulations, and in favor of, for, strong protection of our international border with Mexico by enabling the Border Patrol to control the border at the border so that citizens like him him and his family who live on the border can enjoy the safety guaranteed to every citizen by the Constitution. Jim Chilton and his wife Sue are fifth-generation Arizona ranchers. In 1888, the Chilton family ancestors arrived in Arizona driving several hundred head of cattle. The first Chilton ranch was established near the pioneer town of Livingston along the Salt River, where Roosevelt Lake is now. Jim and Sue Chilton's 50,000-acre ranch is adjacent to the town of Aravaca and continues south to the international border with Mexico. The ranch includes private property, state school trust lands, and two federal grazing permits on national forest lands. Jim Chilton states, and I quote, the entire family is blessed to be able to live preserving our Western ranching customs, culture, and heritage, dating back to pioneering ancestors who entered Arizona territory in the late 1800s. We have been in the cattle business in Arizona for about 120 years, and have a long-term view of the necessity to be excellent stewards of the grasslands we respectfully manage. Now, Jim Chilton has testified before Congress multiple times about issues with the Endangered Species Act and Clean Water Act. Jim's ranch extends to the southern border with Mexico and includes five and a half miles of actual border which is marked by a regular cattle fence consisting of five strands of barbed wire. May be effective for cattle, but probably nothing much else. The ranch house has been burglarized twice during by drug packers, and neighbors have been robbed and even killed by drug packers and the cartels. They live with weapons near their bed, at the doors, in the vehicles, and attached to their saddles. So... Jim Chilton, I repeat, Jim Chilton has not been sitting on the couch. And I would add, what's your excuse for doing so? Jim Chilton, it is an honor to have you as a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. Thank you very much, Dr. Dan. Let's start off by telling us about the history of the Chilton Ranch. You know, your family story certainly can teach us a lot about the heritage and customs of the American West. I think the best way to start is that the Chilton's uh, left England about 1650. And they're the story of moving west. The story really is about freedom and independence and rugged individualism. And as they moved west from Virginia to Tennessee and from Tennessee to Oklahoma Indian Territory and in wagons coming to Arizona, 
and one part of the family drove a herd of cattle from Texas. And they settled in rugged, rugged frontier with Indians uh, still on the warpath from time to time. Uh, one of our ancestors got killed by uh, some Apache Indians. And so it's been a quest for freedom, and there wasn't government. Uh, there wasn't government that uh, dictated their everyday uh, way of life. Uh, now, uh, Dr. Dan, I kind of think of government not like Abraham Lincoln, who said government was of the people, by the people, and for the people. Today, government is of the people, by the bureaucrats, for the bureaucrats. It's quite upsetting. Part one of Dr. Dan's interview with Jim Chilton. We'll be right back after this quick break. My guest on Freedom Forum Radio has not been sitting on the couch. Mr. Jim Chilton has spent most of his recent life out of necessity, I might add, as an activist for property rights. Well, it should be upsetting. It's, it's definitely upsetting to me. I know it's upsetting to many of us, people who are aware that our founders gave us the most incredible gift that you can give to any people, and that is the right to be free, uh, the right to live and let live, uh, the right to live by the golden rule. And that certainly is what your family found when they came to this country, moved west and established themselves as cattle ranchers in a rugged terrain, not expecting help from the government, but just expecting to be able to live as free men and women. And at the same time, we want to and do uh, have a ranch uh, that is continually improving in terms of the natural grasses that grow here. And we are, I believe, true stewards of the range. Let me ask you, I mean, when we think of Arizona, we think it's pretty much of a desert. But obviously, if you're raising cattle, there must be grasslands. What are they like? You have grass and trees and vegetation. Uh, What is it like to be a rancher in Arizona? Well, Arizona, you're right, has deserts, but they also, Arizona has all kinds of climate zones. Uh, We're at a 3,700 feet to 5,000 feet elevation, uh, fairly rough mountains, but we have native grasses. We have over 32 species of native grasses, and our average rainfall is about 17 inch, not desert country, and uh, the grasses and browses are so strong nutritionally that we never have to feed our cattle anything except salt. The native grasses sustain our cattle, and uh, it's uh, wonderful. I've never fed a bale of hay to our cattle. They're out there all year long, have their little calves and we ultimately sell the calves at the end of nine months. They average about 500 pounds, and then they go to the Midwest, generally speaking. 
So that's kind of interesting, and, and it's not something that most of us would even think of. I mean, obviously, here in the East, we've got a plenty of water. Uh, when people from the, who live and grow up in the West come and visit East, one of the first things they say is how green it is because everything is green here. We've got a lot of water. And you're in, though, a, a, an area that we all think of as being semi-arid. What kind of grasses uh, grow in Arizona? Well, on our ranch, uh, we have uh, side oats, grama, uh, the short grasses are uh, are abundant. We have three major short grasses, but our ranch is converting over time from short grasses to mid grasses, including cane beard grass and many other different grama grasses. And these grasses grow naturally, I imagine. Do you have to replant, re, replant or refurbish them, or that's just a natural cycle of growing? Thank goodness Mother Nature has been very good to us. Yes, they are just natural. Uh, we don't plant grasses. Uh, we don't harvest them except our cows uh, do very well winter and summer on the grasses. How many head of cattle are, do you currently have? I run about 970, almost 1,000 head. If you add my brother's ranch, it's, we're up about 1,300 mother cows. That's not counting little calves. And uh, are these these are beef cattle? Is that correct? Not not milk cattle. Yes, it's a beef cattle operation. I, if you convert what we raise to hamburgers, uh, we contribute to our economy about four hundred and fifty thousand quarter pounders. Oh, I'm sure McDonald's is very happy to uh, have you around. <laughs> <laughs> And I hope the people are happy eating McDonald's. Okay, but that, so, uh, what kind of uh, what kind of special issues, if any, do you have raising that many cattle? I mean, you might. I realize you have to have equipment of some kind. Do you do you have to vaccinate them? Do you have to treat them in any way? What kind of illnesses do you run into? Well, we have very very few illnesses, and we do vaccinate the little calves when we brand them, and uh, issues that we really run into, it's not what we accept as Mother Nature and how much it rains and when it rains, but our biggest problem is living under the rule of bureaucrats, mainly from United States Forest Service, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, Arizona Game and Fish, and uh, they, uh, in a sense, uh, run my ranch. I I lease the land from them, but uh, I have to live under extremely strict regulations. Right now, the Forest Service is doing a new biological assessment. And we have several listed species on our ranch, listed species under the Endangered Species Act. And once the Forest Service gives the biological assessment to the United States Fish and Wildlife, 
they will write a biological opinion, and that biological opinion becomes law. And so the toughest thing we face is, is what are the bureaucrats going to do to us? Are they going to exclude certain areas from grazing? Uh, keep in mind, cattle have been in this area since for 300 years when Father Kino, uh, the famous Spanish Jesuit padre, came into this country about 1690, uh, he brought cattle. And so cattle have been here, and we still have species. It's not the cattle's fault, but there are people who want to get rid of cattle grazing. Uh, and uh, they work through the bureaucracies to try to wipe us out. I'm speaking with Jim Chilton of the Chilton Ranch in Aravaca, Arizona. Uh, we're discussing uh, regulations and the regulators from from the federal government. And it's a constant battle, Jim, is it not, between you and the regulators? And we started, uh, you mentioned the, the Endangered Species Act. So let's talk about that. What? How do you and the over what kind of species do you and the government fight about? Well, about 1995, a little fish from Mexico, keep in mind some of my ranch drains into Mexico, and this little tiny fish, which 99% of all the fish in a three-river basin in Mexico are Sonora chubs. Well, this little Sonora chub in a real wet year swam under the international boundary. I would say he was a true wetback and <laughs> swam up onto my ranch and he was recognized by the Arizona Game and Fish and U.S. Fish and Wildlife as like uh, emissary, uh, uh, an ambassador uh, to the United States. And they tried to eliminate uh, about 10,000 acres of my grazing lease with the Forest Service on behalf of the little Sonora Chub. So how big is the Sonora Chub? Is he like an inch or two? It uh, can range uh, two to three or four inches. I've never seen a four-incher, but uh, the problem is, is any Sonora Chub Swimming under the international boundary onto my ranch is doomed to die because there's no water in that big gulch, uh, usually bet between May and June. It dries up. So every emissary from Mexico is doomed to die. Yet, I am currently going through a biological assessment where they're trying, they've, the Forest Service has said that grazing is likely to adversely affect the Sonora Chub. And once that call has been made by Forest Service fish biologists, then it goes to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife. And U.S. Fish, US fish and Wildlife fish biologists actually determine the future of my grazing on that 10,000 acres.
that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. They call them muddy waters. And people I just love to hear that old man sing. Yeah, when I play the hoochie-coochie man I get joy in everything Everything, everything, everything